Welcome to Bears Country Podcast on Barroom Network. My name is Dan Shortino. I'm your host for the night. We have Dan Aguirre coming up shortly. Before we begin the show, I just wanted to say that as Bears fans, I hope that no one is taking the Justin Fields sucks route on this. I mean, we have to understand it takes a little bit of time to develop a quarterback. This quarterback is in a his third offense in three years. We cannot jump on this bandwagon of thinking that Justin Fields is the problem. I just wanted to get that off my chest before we begin, because I think there's a lot of other issues that we can talk about, and I'm happy to get into that with you. Kitty, let's kick this off. country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city, state, it's across the world, it's in your heart, and it's here, the Bears Country Podcast. Monday night after a 20 to 12 loss to the Giants. I know we all feel like shit right now. I know we all want to point blame in a lot of different directions, but I think that we have to take this into perspective. And we're going to talk about that here on the show. I have Dan Aguirre here to my left. And we're down Cliff Victoria tonight because he was involved in Hurricane Ian. And he's doing okay. Some damage to his cars, but his house is okay. Uh, he just doesn't have internet right now. So Dan and I are going to fly this solo. We did kind of put together our own version of Cliff Notes for the game so we can keep that tradition going. Dan, I, I don't want to overreact to this game. I know it's it's easy to at some of the stuff that we saw, and I kind of have a little video for that later on if we can get to it. Uh, it it's, it's, I think that we just need to keep into perspective this is a growing time right yeah but i i know he's not here to defend his viewpoint but aldo sent me a text last night and, and he basically said come on dan you had uh too high of expectations for this team and even if that were true i still think yesterday was so winnable which is what makes it so frustrating for three hours watching that shit yesterday i i, I can't really articulate how just so the, the thing that made it so frustrating is, is like if anything goes right like the bears win the game it's like everything had to go wrong including the defense just not being able to to stop a bootleg 
for three and a half hours. You know, suddenly your quarterback, the center's giving up, letting two people come through, not just one, all day long. And and you got Pettis dropping passes. And then Fields just getting hit every time he throws the ball. Like everything had to go wrong, except for the kicking. We we lose Cairo, and the, the, the other guy was, was successfully banging he them was through. Money. Yeah, yeah, Basham. It, it just it's so for agonizing to me because there's no way you can tell me that the Giants are that that was not a winnable game. It was definitely a winnable game. I thought we were going to win the game. It the game was just in hand for all the way down until the final play really. It almost looked like they could have pulled some it. crazy shit off. I have a recording of it, but it was like 42 seconds long and I thought, "Oh, we're going to get flagged for a copyright issue on that one." But at the end of the game was insane. Watching it, it, it was probably the most hopeful offensive play of the entire game, which is sad to say because it never felt like we were able to get into that rhythm. We would start marching down the field and completing you know, third down after third down only to get stopped and then have to kick a field goal. Uh, Justin Fields was just running for his life out there. And this offensive line, Sam Mustafer. Oh, he's awful. He's, you know, he's awful. If Olin Krut says one more good thing about Sam Mustafer that he can play the game, I'm going to fucking beat him. His, I'm going to beat his fists up with my face. How about that? <laughs> you, yeah, I was going to say Olin would probably find you and fuck you up if you say something. I'm going to fucking beat his fists up with my face if he says one more good thing about Mustafer. Fuck Mustafer. I've been trying to say good. I've been trying to preach that Mustafer has a lot to offer for the team. And it, 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 he was a revolving door. It, more, there were so many times, plays for just letting him get happened. beat on. I don't mean to talk over you. I was mm -hmm. going to say just adding emph emphatically saying that to, to your point, there were multiple times that he would would let two people go past him, not just one, two people, the lineman and the linebacker coming through the same gap. And yeah, he was brutal yesterday. It, it, was, it had to be the worst game of his career. Had to have been. Oh God, easily. Uh, it's the running for his life that you're seeing Justin Fields do. That scares me. I mean, he, he, I have a little thing we can talk as as we as I pull this up. I mean, this is Justin Fields is absolutely running for his life. Kitty, can you remove Dan? I mean, he's every this is a good fifty eight seconds of that I put together of him just running for his fucking life. So I don't want to hear people start talking about this is a Justin Fields problem. Yes, he might hold on to the ball a little bit too long. Yes, he might have missed some plays that were within plays. But the kid is not getting the time. And I'm really hoping that when this offensive line starts to come together, I don't know what just happened there. There we go. If we can get Patrick back into the center position and start to, you know, keep Jenkins at the right guard position, well, if I could add to that quickly, I saw earlier that Whitehair is going to be out in extended time. So they may say, well, let's leave Mustafer in and just put Patrick at left guard like they did during the game. Uh, but before you react to that, uh, this was tweeted yesterday. And it, again, it goes to your, your point. 
uh, or earlier today, I'm sorry, 10, uh, 11.36 East today from Lauren Cox, who used to work at the barroom. Justin Fields was under pressure on 51.4% of his drop back passes against the Giants. On plays where he was clean, and this is the important part, on plays where he was not pressured, he went 10 of 14 for 168 yards with a pro football focus grade of 90.3. So again, give the guy fucking time. He can do some damage if he's running for his life on every play. And we say that in a cliche, but it's it, the, the point is still valid. Even if we're emphasizing it with a cliche, he's got pressure almost every time. More than half of the times he goes back, there's somebody in his face. I mean, it's just as pure dexterity and athleticism that's allowing him to escape monstrous big hits. But you know that's going to come back and, and, and haunt him at some point if we can't protect him. And that collage that I just put up for you guys, it, if our quarterback does that for an entire season, what is that going to do to his body? It's going, it's just going to get broken down. It's going to end it. It's going to shorten his career. So they have got to get this offensive line figured out. They've got to give him that pocket. Like you're talking about. He, he does well within the pocket when he has a clean space to throw from, from he does well. And when things start to break down around him, he's going to use his feet, and he's starting to get happy feet. And that's the thing, the thing that scares me. It's not that he sucks. It's not that he's terrible at this or that. You know, it takes time to, A, learn how to throw the ball differently, like they've been working on his throwing motion, learn his footwork entirely differently, like they've been working on all training camp. And you have to apply that to a game situation and everything is breaking down around you that quick. So I, I, I'm actually happy that he's not injured. I need some wood to knock on. Yeah. But, you know, if he keeps doing this, he's not going to hold up over a 17-game season. They have got to get this shit figured out, man. It was eerily similar, at least the first half of that game. I think I sent you the message yesterday during the game of the Cutler game in 2010 when he got sacked nine or ten times in the first half. I mean, it was just every time Jay went back to pass, he got hit. Uh, it, it was it was nasty, man. And I know there's going to mm -hmm. be people that say, ah, oh, Fields just sucks. But like you said, to your point about having to protect him, they need to look in the mirror and think about this because they're two and two. They, I mean, they're in it. They're in it. So you can say, oh, we're rebuilding and it doesn't matter. You owe it to yourselves and to your fan base to fucking try to win every game. Owe it to the season ticket holders to try to win every game. Everybody supports the fucking team. So, I mean, don't give me this rebuilding shit. If you just block for the guy, then we can win some games. But I'm afraid that they're just going to, well, let's let's just develop Sam and, and Larry Borum and these guys that are getting beat on every play. And, uh, you know, it's a developing year, man. Fuck that. Justin's going to get hurt if you don't put the, – the, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> I guess Riley needs to be in there somewhere. You've got a guy on the bench that you should utilize right now. Just break the glass and put him in there, in my opinion. You're saying put in Simeon? No. Riley. Uh, Riley Ridley. No, oh, I'm Riley, sorry. No, the old, no, Riley Ridley, of course, the old bear wide receiver. The, the Riley Reef. Sorry, I was – 
I'm sorry. I, I was. That's what happens when you you're in private chat talking to Kitty. I apologize for that. Well, yes, you're I, right. I I would rather talk to Kitty too. I get it. You don't have to talk to me. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ironically, I have my lady uh, Jenny here right now too. So and she she's mic'd up too. In case you just want to say hi. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us. No we need an avatar for you now too. <laughs> <laughs> remember she was the fantastic lady that once told you or i told you uh well this is rated r but that she had good pussy and she wasn't mad when i said it and she says when she meets you she's gonna look at you and kind of nod that you know what I she's got a high five that's what i wanted <laughs> a high five yeah well we're gonna meet at the bears game for, against the dolphins november 6th so we'll high that's five, her birthday but... too oh wow awesome Oh, we need a birthday win for you then, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. You, so you're a Bears fan now, right? I, I guess I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry that I, I uh, misunderstood what you were saying there, Dad. Yeah, it, no, no, no. I was just saying you, gotta put the, you have to put the, the best five out there. And you can say mm -hmm. we're developing them, but, man, you're two and two. You're in it. If you beat – I told Aldo this yesterday – you can say, oh, well, they suck and fuck this. My expect, like he said that, and I don't, I don't mean, I'm not bad mouthing Aldo at all. He just said after that game, he thought, oh, the Bears are a 5 1 team. And I, I mean, if you beat Minnesota next week, not only are you three and two, you're going to be in second place with a win in the division and another conference win and a win on the road. So I would almost trade this. If you told me I could split the two, the Minnesota game is so much more important than the Giants game. I mean, it's going to be more difficult. But if you went some Ryan Pace, I should have been fired. Glad to see Ryan Pace is with us. Um, but no, my <laughs> point being, if you can win the Viking game, you're back in it. You're legitimately black back in it. You've got Washington on a Thursday night afterwards at, in your building, a game you should win as well. And then maybe you're looking at four and two. So the point being, you got to protect him. You can't just play favoritism to Sam and, and Larry Borum right now when they can't block anybody. And my eleven in, in my eleven and six prediction, I had them beating the Niners, the Packers, possibly losing to the Giants because these games are always so weird whenever we play them, just like it fucking was yesterday. But beating the uh, the Vikings, so we're only one game behind on my prediction of eleven and six. So it could still possibly happen. We just have to make that game up somewhere else, which I think is possible if we can get on a roll. I'm really hoping that they can just start building this running game towards building the passing game towards that big game that Justin Fields has, like Trubisky had against the Buccaneers where he threw for you know six touchdowns. I feel like that game is coming up, like maybe not soon, but it's coming up around midseason. I'm expecting that, and I, I know that a lot of people aren't, and that's why I'm saying that I think we just need to – Continue to give this team time. And to the offensive line, like when you're when they put in Lucas Patrick at left guard, the first fucking play they put him in. <laughs> yeah. He got he gave up a sack. First so play. I don't think he's the I don't think he's the answer at left guard. Why not put Jatari Carter in there and see what that kid has? Because he was playing pretty well in the preseason. I know it's only preseason, but the kid looked like he had a good, strong base to keep people from going, you know, up over him and around him. So that's someone that I was actually excited when I when they 
took out Whitehair to see what we had in Carter, and then they put in Patrick, and he just turns into a turnstile, and they kept him in. You have to think that the Patrick thing is to train because you have to remember he didn't have a camp because he broke his you know his finger in late July. So I think they're just trying to get him in shape and and ready to go at center. You'd have to think, you know, because why else was he getting all this playing time when he's not doing well? I, again, I I have to assume that they're like he's an upgrade over Mustafer. We just want him in shape when he's ready to go and he's ready to snap, and that's got to be soon. Yeah, because he missed. He missed. He was injured on the second day of training camp, so he missed all of training camp. He comes back, what, two games into the season? I get that they're trying to just put him in and get him into shape and, you know, get him to where he's ready to start playing center. But, man, this is a a very nervous time. You know, it's making us all nervous because we just want to see that come to fruition. We want to see that line that we all envision. I agree. And then if I could shift just for a second, and I said shift with an F, not shit. But if I could shift for a second to the wide receiver play, when you've got Pettis, you know, dropping that pass and just seemingly going through the motions. I mean, I know late in the game, Valus Jones had a terrible fumble that cost us essentially the ball game. But although I don't think I wouldn't have punted on the fourth down, I just, there's no way I'm punting there at the end of the game. But having said that, it looked like the right move considering the Giants went three and out and then Valus Jones fumbles. But I still would have liked to have seen him get more time on the offense and maybe the kid that they signed from Minnesota that, that burned us at the end of last season that we have that is on the field one play a game. Uh, I mean, why mm-hmm. is Valus Jones – I mean, what has he done to be on the field? And, and I like Brown too, uh, St. Brown. But, I mean, if you're not open and you're not catching passes, I mean, and you're not getting open – then let's try something else. I mean, you got to give fields. I mean, why don't we throw some slants? I mean, we, we do throw screens now, not necessarily effectively. Oh, there have been a couple that were effective, but give them some easy throws. I mean, it just seems like we don't have a quick passing game at all. Green Bay just kills us with those slants. Why not do that with a big bodied receiver as a possession receiver and throws, you know, when maybe when uh, the guy from New England gets healthy that we draft or traded for? But in the short term, I would like to see Valus Jones against Minnesota a little bit on offense and especially the guy that they cut because he's going back to his former team. You get that emotion, that extra energy. And sometimes that intangible is big on a Sunday. I, I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tristan Ebner has not been exciting to me at all. Uh, where is that speed? Yeah, he's looking slow. I, I don't know, especially when they're doing that little toss play off tackle. Uh, he's getting hit seemingly like it's like second and nine or second and 10 every time he the, he runs that play. I had some videos I had pulled up. We'll have to save for last call at Hallis Hall over on Bears Country Podcast when we're done here on the Barroom Network that uh, I, I wanted to pull up about just showing Tristan Ebner with the ball in his hand. Just He's getting a, a handoff, and he's I just don't see that 4-2, you know, 8 speed that he was claimed to have. It's if he has it, he's a 10 speed bike studying off in, you know, fourth or fifth gear. And he, and he, you know, he, he can get to that top speed, but, and when he's at his top speed, he's fast, but he just can't get there quick enough. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, fucking Hep, uh, Herbert hits that hole with quickness. You're just not seeing it all from Ebner. Yeah, he does look slow and he looked very good in the preseason. 
I mean, I guess they say the speed of the game che- uh, changes between that and the regular season, but man, it does look like a huge fall off. But again, he's a rookie. Maybe, maybe he's intimidated. Maybe I don't know. I'm just trying to give. I'm not saying give up on him yet, but he does look like the third string running back at this point. That is certain. Uh, and I just knew. I just had a feeling yesterday on that third down before we punted, because uh, it seems like anytime there's third and two, we don't get it. It's like we're better at third and eight than third and two. And, and I was like, oh man, we're not gonna get this. But I kept, in the back of my head, I was like, all right, we're almost at midfield. He's gonna go for it on fourth and one. He's got. He's gonna go on fourth and one. He's going to. And then he fucking kicked. I mean, you got. You're down eight. Come on, man. You got to go. I mean, in my opinion. And again, Fields never touched. Well, I guess he had that the miracle play that I missed because my uh, cousin was working on the water heater for me, and it it, it tripped my breaker. And that's why the power is out on that last play. So I didn't get to see it, but I, maybe I, I'm glad we didn't, I didn't see it now. That That is a microcosm of how bad yesterday's game was. <laughs> didn't see the final play, but you well, know, it, it was the most inspiring play of the entire fucking game on offense. So why, I'm sorry why don't we it. go down the field though? It's like, you know, I know the, the second down play again, fields was trying to go down the field, but his run out of bounds because guess what? He's got pressure. But so they had three plays with 17 seconds to go when they got the ball back. Man, throw it the fuck right. down the field. Throw it deep. Maybe you get a pass interference. Maybe you get an illegal contact. Something that stops. I mean, I know he's running for his life, but if you can just give him three seconds to throw it deep. You saw what he did to Mooney early in the game, as you're going to talk about um, with the, um, the the cliff notes. I mean, we, we didn't go back to mm-hmm. that at any at any point. He's showing you he can throw the ball. Just give him some time. But when you have to throw mm-hmm. the ball, I don't know why we don't throw it down the field. You know, it just drives me crazy. Well, in, in the end of the in the in the end of the game, there when they were on that final drive, he was he was there was nothing. He was running for his life. Right. And so they they had no choice but to go for that final play and just try to make some fancy play out of it and. Like I said, it was the most exciting play of the da- of the damn game. <laughs> well, I know, like, the comments is not enough time to throw deep. Maybe he means, I don't know if he means time of the game or, or time because of pressure. Pressure I certainly uh, can uh, agree with. But even if you're, wherever they got the ball, it was like about the 20, 25, I think. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to throw, a, like, a Doug Flutie kind of touchdown there, but... You know, just go go fucking deep, though, is what I'm saying. Just throw the ball deep. Just tell Mooney to run and go, is what I'm saying. That's what I'm – just take a shot. Even if even if he doesn't catch it, there could be illegal contact. There could be pass interference. I mean, just take a fucking shot. Don't throw a little screen pass. The second down when he had to run out of bounds, there was just no – there was no time. He had so much pressure coming his way. But just take a shot. We never take a shot. I don't know. And you saw what he did when he did throw it deep. Mooney caught it. And that defense, man, they were just getting – what was with the fucking bootleg? Like I told you last week. I, I just well, I was joking last week, not to be Mr. Know-it-all, but I've seen so many Bears games in the last 35, 6, 30 – fucking, I'm 78 years old. How many Bears games have I seen <laughs> where we make a scrub quarterback? I can call him a scrub now. Fuck him. Daniel Jones is a bum. I wouldn't say that last week because I just knew it in my fucking DNA that he was going to have a great game. Every time we play a bum like that, 
there's probably 50 quarterbacks over the years that have said their best game was against the Chicago Bears. And even if it's a year that they're doing well, how is that possible? It's just, I mean, even Peyton Manning, you, I'm not going to call him a bum, but remember his rap leading into the Super Bowl was he couldn't re- win a big game. He couldn't right. win a big game at Tennessee and in Indianapolis. He kept losing, but you got the sorry ass Bears in the Super Bowl and he wins his big championship. It, and one of the worst weathers in all of Super Bowls. Yeah. It just it feels like every time we play somebody, we make it's they're real. Like it's a if they were uh giving you their resume, their best performance is against the Bears. We, we go to was, Miami a couple yeah. years ago and got our ass kicked by what's his fucking name? Uh he went to the he was at the Broncos and the Brock Texans. Osweiler. Brock Osweiler, yes. Fucking I remember Hall that of day. Famer Brock Osweiler that day. That and again, I'm not trying to say, oh, I, I'm better named by I'm smarter named by I'm not. But that day, I forget who their quarterback was. They didn't have Tua yet. Whoever their quarterback was was injured. And I told at that at that time I was in a, a text chain with Phil and Shane, and I was like, oh, this is bad. They're like, why Osweiler sucks? I was like, no, 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 no. He's already won two games against us, one in Denver and one in Houston. His first start at both locations, I believe, and now he's going to get his first start with the Dolphins against the Bears. I was like, well, this guy beats us, and of course, he beat us. But that's because Cody Parkey couldn't make a kick. Imagine that. Hey, Brent Hundley's best game as a, in his career was against us for the Packers. It, yeah, and that, that bum Detroit had Driscoll couple years ago like driscoll looked good against us it's obviously colin kaepernick i don't mean to bring up politics or anything but kaepernick's best game as as a pro was against the bears on monday night in his first start no less yes his first start there's always these guys man that have these great games against us and it just it, it fucking boggles the mind and like you said why it's like matt nagy was was coaching our defense we will not make uh, uh, uh we will not make Eddie, the game plan is paramount. It doesn't matter what's happening. We can beat ourselves. They can't beat us. That arrogance. Mm-hmm. You can't see mm-hmm. what's happening and can't make adjustments. Alan Williams looked like he was in over his head yesterday. And maybe that goes for Eberflus, too. They were both out coached. Yeah, the way that they were able to just bootleg, 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 bootleg. I mean, what in the fuck? Every like, time, yeah, every time they did a bootleg, he had all day to run. Imagine if Fields could just have just a, a half of what Daniel Jones could do in terms of separation from other from defensive players. Every time Fields rolls out, there's somebody in his face, if not two people in his face. And then the Bears never. And, I mean, you can't tell me Robert Quinn. Can't make a play right there. I mean, I've defended Robert Coyne a lot, but you're a savvy veteran, man. Like, come on, make a play. Like, whenever he rolls toward you, fucking hit him. We got him one time all day, and, of course, the pussy was hurt after that. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. It's time for him to take a year off, Dan. <laughs> no, I think – I don't want to question that. I just meant <laughs> with Daniel Jones, though, the one time Brisker hit him and then suddenly he's hurt. We wouldn't even have had him. And then what happens? Tyrod Taylor comes in. Now, granted, the San Diego Char- or L.A. Chargers nearly killed him with an injection last year. So my joke yesterday was probably, I was like, I wish they would kill him. <laughs> but the Chargers literally almost did when they ruptured his lung or whatever. So I shouldn't have made that joke. But when you have Tyrod Taylor coming into the game and, and all he can do is run and we're letting him run. Like even Tyrod Taylor looks like a Hall of Famer for a few plays against the Bears. 
Like, you know what he's going to do. He threw the ball one time, and Eddie Jackson picked it off. He came in and ran the same fucking play that they've been running the whole damn game. A bootleg to the left and got a first down on it. It's like, Uh, (laughs) what's going on? You can't stop this? And then the one time they had Saquon, it was uh, Nicholas Morrow had him in the backfield. It was going to be like, oh, what a hit that was. And he let Saquon go and he gets a first down. That's the kind of shit I, when I was trying to articulate how frustrating it was, because Morrow makes the correct read. He blows the play up, but then lets him burst out of his fucking tackle. And they they get a first down that they didn't deserve. Well, I guess they deserve it because of Saquon's effort. But I'm saying the Bears defense had the right call on. And and he he gets the correct penetration, and they still get the first down. And it's just like wrap up, dude, wrap up. It's a, that's why it was so frustrating. Like even when you do the something right, it still ends up being wrong. Yesterday, I mean, I man, know. if they're really grading the loafs, like he was talking about in the preseason, like we can't loaf around. I mean, boy, film film today must have been really bad, huh? <laughs> I mean, everybody's loafing and looking the wrong way. Yeah, what do they have? Two hundred and sixty-one yards rushing against us, or something like that. Like the, the Bears are thirtieth against the rush heading yeah. into yesterday. They're probably thirty-second today. Oh, they have to be after that. Why? Why can't we tackle anybody that runs the ball? I mean, that's what your job is. Fucking tackle. How many? How many? We have stats here. Kitty, pull up the. Let's see. Let's let's get some stats here for the running game because. This seems like a Mel Tucker defense at this point, and I don't mean Mel's success after the Bears. I mean with the Bears. Oops, sorry, Kitty. Yeah, rushing. Uh, where are we at here? Daniel Jones, 68. Khalil Herbert, 77. He had nine yards less rushing than our fucking running back did. Man, Daniel Jones was making me so mad because I was looking. I mean, he looks like, like a kid Kitty. that has too many chromosomes. And they put him in the game because they're like, ah, you know, he's got uh, down center. He's got something. There's not something. There's something not right with him. So don't tackle him. Just let him come in and, and run the ball once or twice. And then he starts balling, and they can't stop him. You know, and what did we talk of- about? We talked about it last week. Let's just call him Hall of Famer Daniel yeah. Jones because if we start talking shit about him, he's going to come out and have a great game. And it, we tried the reverse psychology; it didn't I fucking did. work. So what? What do we do now? I will tell you this: uh, I'm telling you, like the this is sci- not scientific proof, but it's been the last two times for sure. I can't shave on game day. I can't shave or shower before the game. I did that before the Green Bay game, and I thought uh, yesterday, ah, oh, fuck it. it I, I, why be superstitious? I shaved before the game. We lost again. I just, I can't do it. Every time I shower and shave before the Bears game, we lose. We could be the 85 Bears against the Lions team in 08 that didn't win a game, and we would lose if I shaved before the game. I got to stop. (laughs) You ever do that? You're like, I can't wear this fucking pair of shorts today. I can't do this today. And like, it sounds ridiculous, but there's a non-scientific truth to some of this shit, and that's one of them. Every time. Can't every time, me. every time I wore, I'm sorry, I, I had a Mitch Trubisky jersey. Every time I wore it, <laughs> I had him too. Fucking lost the game. I would like just take it off at halftime. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not wearing this jersey anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had the Mitch jerseys too. He got benched yesterday, by the way. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, it's Kenny Pickett's coming in now, huh? That's the end of Mitchell in Pittsburgh, I would think, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they couldn't get anything out of him, then I'm. I'm happy with knowing that we made the right decision. 
Don't well, pay my we, water we bill do. the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> my water bill was double what it's supposed to be this month anyway, because uh, I got people staying with me. But yeah, uh, yeah I just, I'm not going to shower before the fucking game now, unless it's like one of those situations like, you know, the Bears play at 830 and I shower at noon. I mean, that doesn't matter. But like, if I shower right before the game, like the uh, kickoffs in a half hour, let me go ahead and shower real quick. There's going to be a woman coming out. There's only one. Lady. <laughs> the she, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jenny's coming over. So let me be, you know, nice. And, you know, you don't want to have your balls stinking or something horrible. Bears winning. I can lucky after the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you can't be like, oh, wait a minute. Don't blow me now. I've got to go to the bathroom and wash up first. You got to be ready for these things. And uh, so, but my point is all jokes aside, like that's one of the things that every time I shave on game day, we lose too. Like I can't shave on game day. It's I'm telling you, it's like the All last right. ten. From now on, you're showering and you're shaving the day before. I'll shower and shave after the game. I, okay. I believe there's some there there's some go. validity to this shit. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm sure there is, Dan. <laughs> there's got to be something with other okay. people too, where they have like a thing that we lose every time you do X. Oh sure, everybody has their own superstitions, you know. And I get oh, mad I at myself for believing in it. I get mad at myself for even putting myself in that spot to think that something I do can make a difference, but it feels like I can make a difference somehow. I don't know. That's part of being a fan, Dan. Well, yeah. we, we, we did put together, even though we don't have Cliff Victoria here tonight, uh, he is dealing with Hurricane Ian, uh, we did put together some cliff notes just to keep it going for him. So, Dan, why don't we do that right after we come back from this? Need a little help with your sports betting? Well, the Barroom Network is here to help. On Saturdays, it's weekend sports betting tips with John Santucci and Anthony from PoundItSports.com. And then on Sunday, it's the Mike North Advantage with the great Mike North. Best way to stay on top of things is subscribe to the Barroom Network's YouTube channel. Dan, do you prefer the method of having uh, altering? Uh... No, no, because uh, Mark Trussman did that and Matt Nagy did that, and arguably they're the worst two coaches in the history of the franchise. <laughs> John Fox, he squeezes in there, baby. Uh, did Fox do that too? I think so. Uh, that put the C on fields and leave it there. Exactly. That's probably a bad commercial to play because you're not going to be on tomorrow night on Dan and Eldo, are you? No. Go to a concert? Yeah, I've been, I'm like looking at my phone constantly. We're supposed to like be getting an email telling us when we're going to meet the band and where to go and all that stuff. And they find, because initially it was like, we'll get your VIP information to you 24 to 48 hours before the show. It's less than 24 hours and we still haven't gotten it yet. 
I emailed them. They're like, hi, Daniel, we're still waiting on the time to be finalized, blah, 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 blah. So I don't even know when we're supposed to be there yet. So I'm incessantly looking at my phone is my point. Oh, my God. I bet you are. That sucks. <laughs> were you going to I, see again? Uh, well, the band that I'm going to see is Bush. I mean, if you remember Gavin Rosdale, he was married to Gwen Stefani. A lot of people know. At one point, he was way more famous than Gwen Stefani. Uh, but there, it's them and Allison Chains and a band that I don't like called Breaking Benjamin. But uh, I wanted to go to, to meet Gavin myself. Oh, Kitty, I bet you have something to say about that. You want to pop in and talk about Bush for a second? I know you love Bush. <laughs> I do. I do love Not Bush. Bush. Bush, but Bush the band. <laughs> no, I do. I, I, I got to see um, No Doubt open for Garbage, who opened for Bush. Oh, my God. I had tickets yeah. to that tour in 99, and my boss at Hot Topic, that's where I worked then, wouldn't, <laughs> let, wouldn't let me go. Curse him! Oh. I was a lady. It was a lady. She thought oh, I was the biggest. She thought I was. A, I don't want to waste our show on this. Well, I'll tell you another the show. But long story short, she thought I was a bigot because I didn't want to go to a gay bar. And I said, I swear on my 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 mom's grave. I told them it's nothing against gay bars. I wouldn't go see a Packers game at Lambeau either. I said that that was my joke then, and she didn't get it. She thought that I hated gay people, which I don't. <laughs> And oh she God. was like, she said to me, I hope you go to the concert, but I'm not giving you the day off. So if you go, I'll consider you as quitting. And I hope you do. Oh, oh I would have quit bitch. right there. I did you go? You didn't go. I didn't go. It was my oh. second job. It was my second job ever. And I had quit my first job and I was so embarrassed that I did. And I was like, I'm going to show my mom that I'm, I'm a worker. Oh. I can deal with adversity. <laughs> Well, you made mom proud, but you saddened everybody else because it would have been, it was such an amazing concert. I can't believe I was there to see that lineup. Yeah, man. And I'm no jealous. doubt, I had no idea who they were. They were just, they came out of nowhere and we got to see them perform for the first time to open for Garbage, who then opened for Bush. It was fucking amazing. Sorry. I want, amazing. On the other show, I want to I want to talk about this a little bit more with you when we have yeah. more, more time. Right. Yeah. I'm out. We'll talk about that later on Last Call at Hallis over on Bears Country Podcast once we're done here on the barroom. We do have to bring up Cliff Notes, so let's go ahead and wrap. Let's roll that up, Kitty. Oh, you didn't do the Cliff Notes. You got to play the video. <laughs> There's no video because need, Cliff is... There you go. What the fuck happened? Ugh. So these are our versions of the cliff notes. <clears throat> um, we kind of talked about some of this already, but the Bears defense stopped them on the first drive. And I, I was brought the gates. I thought that we were going somewhere with this. The defense looked good on the first drive against the Giants. And then the Bears first drive. They start to get Mooney involved. He catches a nice pass. It wasn't that deep one, but it was still like a 15-yard pass. They march down the field. They don't get a touchdown, but they get the field goal. But they drove very and deep into giant territory, so it looked good. It looked good. At that point, I was excited. I'm like, okay, it wasn't a touchdown, but we're up three to zip. Let's get the touchdown on the next drive. Right. But then the Giants get the ball, and like we talked about, Bootleg, fucking bootleg, 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 bootleg. Giants score a touchdown. 
And then the Bears get the ball back. I know we're not Cliff, so we're doing this a little bit differently than Cliff. Sorry, but we're trying to keep – we're doing this in honor of Cliff tonight. Well, let, let, me comment one thing, let me comment one thing on the bootlegs. I give the defense, to use a golf thing, a, a mulligan on that because that's one drive, and you're shocked, you're surprised. you got to make adjustments, though. I mean, you, I, mean I get yes. the one drive, they catch you off, off balance, off guard. Uh, but you go and you sit down, you're looking at your fucking your, – your iPad, I mean – Let's figure this out. And they never figured it out. Never. I know. It was ridiculous. At one point, they had two guys covering the same guy and left the, the, the bootleg guy wide open. It was ridiculous. Uh, but the next drive, we have the 51-yard deep pass to Mooney. Sorry, it's Money Mooney. I spelled it wrong. But Money Mooney. it ends up, with a, ends up with a field goal. Here we are. We're thinking we finally got Mooney involved in this game. Couple of nice passes by Justin Fields. Bears end up kicking another field goal. So, was it seven to six at that point? Yes. And then the Bears just keep converting third downs, but they can't score. Like, what? I, I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but they did this in the last game, too. Yeah. They're good on third downs and long. They just third can't and long. Fucking score. Right, third and third long. And 20, they're, they're, third and yeah, they're great. But if it's third and one from the fucking half yard line, as evidenced in Green Bay, you can't get in. Mm -hmm. And here's another game that we finally start to see Cole Komet getting more involved too. So we got Mooney and Komet getting involved in this game. It starts to feel like okay, we're starting to get this thing going. Right, that's how I felt. And that that proved Until. not to be true. <laughs> Until bootleg, 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 bootleg. Jesus. Fucking what? I, how is it possible? They must have run the most bootlegs in the history of any team in the history of one game. I mean, how the hell was that possible? I bet you they did 12 of them, if not more. And all of them were effective except one. It's like when I got my ass later. kicked like. 72 to zip by my buddy's nine-year-old in Madden. Literally. Just <laughs> kicked my fucking ass with like the same plays over and over again. It's just mastered him. And then, then when they brought in Taylor and he got hurt and Daniel Jones can't stand properly, they start running the Wildcat and we can't stop it either. Right. I mean, you know it's coming. They're, then, they're, they've got Barkley in the quarterback position. It's going to be a run play. Well, we can't stop that. We don't know what to do. Bootleg to the left. First down. <laughs> God damn it. But, 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 Dan, finally we start to see Valus Jones Jr. in the game. And I know I'm thinking, oh, fuck. It's a punt. It's a punt return. They're putting him in on a punt return. Why not put him in the game and get him involved as a receiver? I know you had to think the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Especially after Pettis had that easy drop uh, later. In, I don't remember what quarter. Was that the fourth? Or was that late mm -hmm. third? It was in uh, the I second half. The third. Yeah, well, at some point, I mean, you know, if you're going to hold That's your team ac accountable, why not put the kid in there? That's the example of the thing that a lot of fans have been pounding the table for. Why don't we have this number one wide receiver, the guy that can go up and make those contested catches? And that was one of those. There was another one earlier in the game, too, that he threw to Equinemius St. Brown down the right sideline. 
He was rolling out to his right, threw the ball down the right sideline. Two guys, two defenders up on Equinemius. Ball gets swatted out. Kind of the same thing on this Pringle one to the left side. Throws it, kind of lofts it right over. If he was, if he just was able to go up for that contested ball, like a true number one, those would have those should have been catches. So I guess I understand why people have been pounding the table for this number one wide receiver, even though I've been saying that I think that we can just have the quarterback ease them along and develop a number one wide receiver out of someone. But I guess I was wrong. What do you think about the receivers? Uh, somebody, again, if you're going to drop those passes, you got the kid from Minnesota, I can never remember his name, that we acquired from the waiver wire. And, and again, you've got Vegas Jones. And you've got your third-round pick. I mean, you know, goddamn, if you don't want your job, you're going to drop passes. There's got to be some accountability. Put the other guy in. Mm-hmm. Why isn't Vales Jones in one of those plays? I just uh, that was frustrating. You're trying to ease him in on punt returns. That's got to be the most the most fucking chaotic thing you can do in a game to to start playing a game for your first game in is fucking catching punts. Come on, kickoff returns would have been better than punts. <laughs> but you can't just put him out there on some plays designed for him in the offense. Yeah, that's that what they, they said they were going to do in the preseason. They said that he was going to be some kind of like gimmicky difference maker that you have to account for in the offense. Everyone's going to see he's on the field like like Cohen earlier in his run with the Bears or Devin Hester before he became the quote-unquote number one wide receiver and could be shut down. But in like, you know, early on in like 07 when they would throw him in there, you, you like, oh, shit, uh, Hester's in, you know. That's what they thought. Valus was going to be, but we didn't even try it. I, I don't understand why in a in a NFL where passing is paramount, you, you don't utilize the talents that you have to try to pass the ball. This kid missed most of training camp. He hasn't played in the game yet. They put him in the first game, and they. Put him out there to return punts. I mean, that is ridiculous to me because you're like, you have this chaos, everyone trying to tick off your head, and you're trying to catch this ball. And it's raining. Ease him it. Right. By then it was raining. Ease him into the game. Get him in there and some in some screens. Get him in there in some bubble screens. Get him in there in some quick slants. Throw to him deep on one of those that you would have instead of Pringle, go to him there. Didn't Man, it was that, frustrating. Look at that comment. Look at that comment on the screen. Fields gets 1.3 seconds to make a throw. The O-line is horrible. Must have had a PFF grade of 1.5. 1.5. And I'm no expert. You, I'm, just a, I'm just a meathead fan. I'm not watching the tape and breaking this down. I was just watching the game in real time, and I could tell that Mustafer was the weak link. I was like, God, all the oh. pressure's coming up from the middle, like right in his face. It's Sam Mustafa. And then they and then they put Patrick to his left and it became a double wink link weak link. It was hard to watch. It, it was. It was maddening and frustrating. And and I'm not gonna say I don't use hyperbole and saying all my years that was the most frustrating game, but man, it felt like it was in the top ten. 
because it was so there for the win. And you're going to be, if we're sitting here today, three and one, even with all these other problems, three and one feels like you won the lottery or something. Two and two feels like they just told us we might have ass cancer, <laughs> but we're more tests pending. You're like, oh shit. The three and one feels like we're going to like Hawaii or something like, oh yeah, three and one. And you, it was right there for you. It was right there. Like the, the, the coaching staff has to know, I, even though Valus made the, the drop, Mustafa's playing terrible, or, or the drop punt and the fumble, and the offensive line, it was struggling so badly. Coaches have to know today this loss was on them. They have mm -hmm. to know. The inability to make adjustments on the defense with that bootleg, the inability to just – I mean, that was the first time Eddie Jackson had a pick that we lost in the game. Maybe you should have gone for it on that fourth down instead of punting there. I mean, there's so many ifs, and I feel like we were outcoached. I really believe that. And I, and I like Eberflus, but yesterday he's a rookie coach, and he showed it. With what they did with Daniel Jones in that game, we were outcoached for sure. And that's for what we should be sure. doing to other people because Fields has that skill set times 10 over Daniel Jones. That's why – that's why I don't put this game on Justin Fields, and that's why I'm trying to just like calm the nerves of the fans and let's not, let's not overreact to this and think this is a Justin Fields problem. This is not. This is a defensive problem. This is an offensive line problem, and there has been some coaching mistakes made along the way. The coaching has been a hell of a lot better, that's for sure, but there are some mistakes that have been made going back in the last couple of games. So the kid's going to be okay. I really think he's going to be okay. I'm at least... I'm calming my nerves with that just to keep myself going because he is the one and only hope I've had in my entire life. His skill set says he's going to be great. His background, his childhood, his everything says he's going to be great. So I, I, that's and what he, I'm leaning on. This, this has so much to do with everything else. I, I was thinking earlier when, when you started talking about it, you know, him getting hit and maybe, uh, you know, has happy feet now because he's anticipating blows. It's like something Mike Tyson said in the late 80s, early 90s. It's been quoted a lot that everybody, all the fighters have a game plan until I fucking hit them in the face. So mm -hmm. Fields can study all week and put in all the effort and work on his, uh, his footwork, but he's the one feeling the pain. Like we can sit here and say, oh, don't do that. Uh, stay in the pocket. He's the one that's feeling the actual pain. And you could see the grimace on his face in one hit late in the first half. He got rolled up, hurt it, looked like his ankle could have gotten hurt. Mm -hmm. He got hit, he got hit in the kidney on the play earlier, where it was like we went ended up going to a TV timeout because one of the Giants got hurt. And I thought, oh, thank God, give him a second to catch his breath. I mean, the looks on his face. I mean, it's easy to sit up for us to criticize him and say he's he's seeing invisible ghosts and now he's running from pressure that's not. I mean, he's the one getting the shit beaten out of him. So I, any yeah. of us in that same position would feel the same way. Like, oh, I, I it's like a kid on the stove. I got burned. Well, I don't want to get burned now, so I'm going to roll out of the pocket. I'm going to run because, fuck, these receivers aren't getting open, and I'm getting hit over and over and over. So I can't blame him exclusively, especially. If they don't get the offensive line figured out, he's going to start seeing ghosts. It's going to start affecting his play in the future. Yeah, Absolutely. It's it's like Cutler early on, man. Like the Bears had basically everything there but the offensive line, and he just got got hit and got hit and got hit. I can't remember what the stat was, but 
it's like he's been sacked what close to 50 times and he hasn't even started 17 games yet right i mean oh, I uh, they, fields yeah yeah it's just an, it's like you could if you put patrick mahomes in that spot if you put aaron Rodgers in that spot and you just keep hitting them <laughs> i know that um, they're better both of them are better than than justin but if you got them hit every other i mean every play who can who can win like that if you start their careers off getting hit that much, right? How are they going to be able to rebound from that? Nobody yeah, I can. I mean, I, I'm going to give it to you because it's your show, and we only got like two minutes left to wrap it up. But one more reference with that is like not Derek Carr, but David Carr. You know, the Texans right. when they drafted him, highly talented, number one first pick of the draft, and he got beaten down like for four or five straight years, and ended up just fucking retiring. He got the shit kicked out of him. And this is like, fuck it. I'm going to quit. Fuck. I mean, I I'm tired of getting hit. Yeah. When you said that, that was the first name that came to my mind was David Carr. Just got brutalized. No time to throw the ball. The I mean, the kid wasn't bad. He just got his psyche destroyed by all the sacks. Yeah. And we can't have that happen with this kid. We've got to get this offensive line fixed. I mean, I, I know that. You know, Patrick is injured, but how long is it going to take to get his finger fixed? I mean, how many more games are we going to be rotating him around? He needs to go to center. They need to try out something different at left guard. Hopefully it's to Tyree Carter because the it, kid has played well. It's been two and a half months. Again, I don't want to be critical of a man that has a broken hand or a broken finger on his hand because I'm not the one trying to snap with that hand. But if it was going to be this long and they knew it, they should have put him on IR and signed somebody else. Right. And no then shit. activated him afterwards when he was ready to go. Well, didn't they have that guy on the team? Wasn't that Schofield? Michael Schofield? Yeah, and they cut him. Yeah. I can't imagine he would have been better. <laughs> I don't know if he could be any worse, especially what we saw <laughs> at center. Yeah. No, I mean, Mustafer is... Um, yeah, I think we've seen enough of him, for sure. If even if Olin wants to fuck us up, that's the truth. Yeah. What did I say? If if Olin says one more one more time that Mustafer can play, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat my I'm gonna I'm gonna beat up his fist with my face. <laughs> and he would ask Adam Hogue. <laughs> oh no, he would. Yeah. Frank Frank Queros, you're right. Mustafer, I think Mustafer's. I've seen enough of him. Even in a backup role, I almost want to just part ways. <laughs> do, do we have to break the feed for Aldo now? It's right. Yeah, now. we got to get going here, and yeah, we got we're right at uh, fifty-five, going on fifty-five minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll, wrap, we'll let's wrap this up. So after uh, we're done here on Barham Network, we're going over to Bears Country Podcast, and we're going to do a segment that we call "Last Call at Hallis Hall," so we can make way for. Uh, the South Burbs Hitmen that are coming up here next on the Barroom Network. I believe this is the last week of the South Burbs Hitmen. So next week we'll be taking this show for a two-hour period. And then we'll continue on over when we're done with here on Barroom Network on our channel on Bears Country Podcast. The goal there is to do more of a Q&A session with the end with fans and get them more involved because on this show it's it's hard to converse with the fans when you're you know Time you're just limit. gabbing back and forth yeah it's hard to read and talk and keep your you know uh, 
keep attention to everything. So the next show, Last Call at Hallis Hall on Bears Country Podcast. Time to unwind. Go take yourself a pee break. Grab yourself something to drink. Smoke yourself a blunt or a bong, whatever it is you have to do. And you can come, come on over there and meet us at Bears Country Podcast. We'll wrap up this conversation over there. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us tonight in chat. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, the Barham Network, for allowing Bears Country Podcast on your network on Monday nights at 8 p.m. So thank you so very much. If you do like this content, make sure that you like and subscribe to both the Barham Network and to Bears Country Podcast on our own channel. Until then, we will see you here on the Barham ne Network next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, one, two, three, bears. Bears. <laughs>